da solo, Tevez, Tevez, Tevez è dietro dell'aria, ma fuori tutti Tevez, si apre la porta Tevez, gol, 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 da dietro, Pirlo, Pirlo dentro, Ciao Juventini, welcome back to the All Juve Cast channel, of course, where it's all Juve all the time. And holy smokes, it feels like forever, but we have a win to talk about, Anthony. Let's go. We're on the board. We are on the board. It's been a while. There we go. It has been a while. It has been a while. And uh, we'll get Lex in here too, as Lex has joined us. There we go. And um, yeah, finally, finally a victory to talk about. All right, so we'll get to... Uh, Obviously, a quick recap of the match, and we'll tackle everything in the uh, aftermath. There's actually mm -hmm. quite a bit, a little side topics and whatnot to talk about because uh, it's been an international break and whatnot, and now everybody's getting back to it. So, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll say what's up to everybody with us so far. King Isa, good morning. Good morning. We've got Jeremiah coming in here. Uh, my prediction, he was almost bang on to a T yesterday so way to go Jeremiah very very I close think I think Jeremiah, when we Jeremiah tally ours so early I, what's I that think Jeremiah being Jeremiah being in so early I wonder if he was the type of guy who would actually tent out for tickets at Ticketmaster for concerts oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah Jeremiah's totally Jeremiah is a beauty though he's always you ever do that Let's you go. ever you ever sleep out for tickets <laughs> me yeah Way back in the day for Ticketmaster, no. Where you have to go to like Sunrise Records at like 8 a.m. to get your Pearl Jam no, tickets? No, man. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, I never never was. Uh, Lex has no idea what we're talking about. We'll yeah, see. I'm like, no. Was there an app for that? Was there an app? How do we? <laughs> no apps, Lex. But, but Jeremiah did fantastic. Out of the panel, though, ooh, I think it was between uh, Anthony and myself. For who ends three, up taking one. it. And based on tiebreakers, went to this guy. Sorry, Ant. Very, very close. Very, very close. Let's go. Yesterday a win. Today, Chiesa in training. Happy days for you and team. Finally getting the positives building up, eh? Let's great get day. those positives building up. So we're going to talk about, obviously, Chiesa. We're going to talk about everything. Uh, we're going to real quick... Just recap this game, okay? And uh, we already were talking about some things in the green room. Not Lex, because she was uh, fashionably late. That's okay. But uh, Ant and I were talking about it. Man of the match will be interesting uh, when we kind of break that down. And will be interesting to hear everyone on the lives. But let's go through this uh, match recap real quick. So for the lineup, a um, little bit of a surprise because all the projections were going 3-5-2. We actually saw 4-4-2. And I will admit... I hate that thing. I hate the 4-4-2. I hate that we put a central midfielder on the outside, but here we go. We're going into this, and it was 4-4-2 with uh, Chesney, of course, back into action, coming back. Then you have Danilo, Bremer, Benucci, and Sandro across the back. Kenny, Locatelli, Rabio, and Kostic in the middle with uh, Milik and Vlaovic up top. I just, yeah, for me, putting that central midfielder on the outside, always an issue. But I did say, and I think the thing that helped us, and we'll get into it, was I was unsure how Bologna was going to play us if they were going to go 3-5-2 or 4-2-3-1 because they've actually gone between the two throughout the start of this year so far. So I think the fact that they did go 4-2-3-1 was a benefit to Juventus. And uh, they were able to uh, take advantage of the space given. So, um, almost, did you guys feel uh, the same when you saw that lineup? Were you kind of like. In a, 
I almost called in a wellness check on you when we, when I saw McKenny Rabio Locatelli because we talked about this on the pregame and you're like we cannot have those three together. Yeah, I just I don't know. Locatelli's fine for me in there, but uh, McKinney, Rabio, like where's your dynamic midfielder and whatnot? I thought like you know you use a Fagioli, use a Moretti, whatnot. But like I said, end up playing out well. Well, what do you think when you saw that lineup? Oh, go ahead. I talked about it. Yeah, I was not excited for it. I think I did tweet about it. I looked, I checked back at when I tweeted about the hybrid of 442 where we play that central midfielder wide. And I had first tweeted about a prediction of us playing that on August 14th. So I couldn't believe it was that far back. And then um this time it was instead we had McKenny on the on the right side. So I was not looking forward to that, but it did end up working out yesterday. So I mean Got to give that one, I guess, to Max in this case. But I was just like, I really prefer. And someone pointed out, too, that they said when we are missing players, he seems to opt for the 3-5-2 or like a 4-3-3. And then when we have everyone back, he goes back to this 4-4-2 weird hybrid formation. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. For me, I don't like it again. I think I kind of agree with, uh, um, where was it right here? There was a comment about it um, right here from Shatterstar. Not to take anything away from the victory, but <laughs> Bologna is pretty damn bad. Pretty damn bad. Okay. So is Monza. Based on uh, yesterday's performance, Monza would have taken Bologna in that one for sure. Uh, Bologna was <laughs> awful. So yeah. yesterday. we'll get we'll get into all this. So. The match itself, despite, uh, you know, mm-hmm. having some, uh, you know, upset, eh, a little, being a little upset with that lineup, uh, just in that setup or whatnot. But again, good start from Juve. Good energy right out of the gate. That's what we needed. That's what we needed out of the international break. We need to just keep these guys rolling. Like we talked about on the match day live, many of our players did well at the international break for their national sides. So it was probably, we talked about it too, that international break. After such an embarrassing defeat, you get that team right back into action in league play. Probably looking back, hindsight, like that international break came at the perfect time. And just everybody can just separate. The national players can just go away. Everybody resets, comes back. And this is the type of approach and energy and attitude you wanted to see out of Juve. And we got it. And uh, they were rewarded very early on. Um, A giveaway that, again... Credit goes to Milik. Uh, I've been saying since he's come over, his work rate, um, energy, mm-hmm. and everything has helped us tremendously. He springs the turnover that leads to Vlaovic setting up Kostic and Kostic with a little bit of a filthy finish from that angle there, uh, making Skorupski look uh, really bad, but Skorupski <laughs> did that on his own. But uh, nice little start for Juve, 1-0. Kostic getting his first. Um, Vlaovic getting uh, the assist there. One thing on that one is... The ref, a little bit of credit to the referee yesterday. He sort of let them play. A lot of referees, when you have a player slide tackle beside a running player, that player who's on his feet will go down. They normally call that with some sort of contact, but you know he didn't touch him. He let, he let the he let the play go forward. Then they reviewed it to make sure he didn't actually you know, clip the the Bologna player from behind. So good on him for letting letting that play develop. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now we keep going. Um, 
again, Juve just keeps on uh, the throttle. They were doing very, very well. We get another great opportunity. This one's from Sandro putting one on a platter for Milik and uh, just too close to uh, Skorupski. Uh, I don't know, man. On a platter, you're sitting at the spot. He should have controlled it. On your own. We like, were trying to figure this out in the green room. Is he left-footed? If he's left-footed, that's a platter. If he's a right-footed, he should have controlled it. I don't know, man. I don't like this left foot, right foot coming at a pro level. Like Didn't you should be good on both your feet, and that one's pretty. That's like, a good point. Yeah, I mean, I don't point. know. That's I thought Milik had enough time there to like have eat an entire pizza inside of the yeah. box. I couldn't believe how open he was. Like wow. that was pretty crazy. Would have been. I would have done the same though. I would have smashed it. I wouldn't have touched it. I wouldn't have taken a touch. I would have just. Well, McKenny had a header, I believe, before that. Where he was all alone. Oh, he, same thing. Yeah, he, he was like right yeah. open. It was crazy. McKenny had that free header. Um, Put yeah, putting it right at Skorupski. Both those. But again, Juve in control. The first half kind of ends, and I think literally Bologna's only opportunity is uh, this free kick that they take from miles out that they just end up trying to lash at goal. That's literally it. Bologna had nothing. Juve was in control, but. There was a little bit of a drop-off uh, towards the end of that first half and kind of, yeah, wanted to start off the second half with uh, some serious energy, and they did. So the second half, again, that same uh, attitude and approach uh, from the first start, we get off to it, and again, we're rewarded. This time, uh, some great team play. Again, quickly transitioning after a turnover by Bologna, and um, great ball movement. McKenney with... A beautiful cross right to Vlaovic, and he puts that one uh, back post. And some were saying, ask Gorupski again. <laughs> could looking a little bit bad on that one, but that's a beautiful finish, and we needed Vlaovic to uh, get on the board in open play. So nice one there, 2-0. Then you have Milik with an absolute rocket oh, on a volley there. Uh, again, ball just bouncing around. Bologna can't get to it. He gets that one, puts us up 3-0. And then you get Vlaovic on a breakaway, free and clear there. These are some of the times when I talk about Vlaovic and people can sometimes come at me saying, man, you're way too hard on him or whatnot. But I do expect him to make those types of opportunities despite it being a 3-0 game. I don't care. I expect those ones to be the ones that this guy puts in uh, consistently. Like, so it's just a, a weird one. At the end of the day, there's nothing but positives out of this game. 3-0 victory. Okay, clean sheet. You've got Vlaovic on the score sheet. you got Milik continuing his crazy form. This mm -hmm. is good. This is what we needed. Now. Got a question for Lex. Go ahead. Which, we talked with this in the green room, but you were fashionably late. Which... <laughs> Which uh, goal-scoring opportunity was harder to finish? Vlaovic is at the end or Milik's left foot volley? Uh, sorry, the one that he, that he shot right at the keeper. Which one should have went in? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what everybody on the live thinks. Which one, which missed opportunity the two misses. is more difficult? Yeah. yeah. I want to say that I think that Vlaovic's chance was more difficult, but I think it was something that should have been finished more than Milik's, if that makes sense, because Vlaovic's chance was such a like pure striker chance. Like you have, like you have to score that, like no questions asked. And I think that's why, and he, he definitely had the right like trajectory on the ball and everything, but he just missed the net. 
but it was just it was one of those chances that a striker gets that like you have your striker needs to be finishing that so i would say it was harder to finish but it was something that was more so that we that needs to be finished than millix if that makes sense yeah so it's interesting because i actually think millix was the one that needed to be finished more and the only reason was because of when the through ball hit Vlaovic where he was the positioning of Skorupski who came up so quick. He closed. I thought if he was shooting, I was like, man, you've got next to nothing to shoot because he's left footed. If he was right, he could have played that. But the fact that he went left and was going, I'm like, you're always putting that either straight or away. And where Skorupski was Vlaovic would have had to beat him. And he doesn't usually try to do that on keepers, but I don't know. He just didn't keep running. Like keep because Skorupski stopped. So just yeah. keep running straight and make them like force them down to the goalkeepers, right? I, yeah, I think I would have finished uh, both of them. So I don't know what, what everyone's worried. I think about. Uh, I, I would have expected uh, Milks. I expect both of them to be in the goal, yeah. to be honest. But I think uh, Vlaovic is might have been a little bit more. It seemed more difficult based on how he tried to finish it for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, again. I do agree with Lex though. Like he's got, he's got to finish that. Um, these are the opportunities mm-hmm. when Vlaovic is getting him. Like he's got to do it. And if you look at early on in this game, that's kind of where it's kind of that trend that we've been going on for a couple seasons where it's like when we do play really well and we do take it to teams, we're just not clinical enough. So they just got to dial that in. But again, at the end of the day, 3-0 victory, okay? A yep. lot of positives that we're going to get yep. into. And we're going to start talking about all these outside topics. I just want to remind everybody, if you're listening on your audio outlets, get over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Everybody that's in here now, thanks to Mal who pointed it out. Smash that like button, okay? All helps the channel and supports us, all right? Now, let's get to Man of the Match because even that one was a discussion in the green room, all right? So mm-hmm. everybody on the live... Who was your man of the match? And we're going to start this one off with Lex and mm-hmm. see who she thought was the man of the match in this one. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with Blavich. Okay. Because not a bad pick. Goal and assist. Can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lot of, I saw in his stats, like completed passes. I thought he was part of the buildup. He could have had another goal as well. Um, so I think he needed mm-hmm. a game like this. And so... Um, especially probably seeing Holland um, balling out for Man City too. So I was I was really happy for Vlaovic that he had that type of game. And so, yeah, I'm going to go with Dusan. There you go. There you go. So Vlaovic and we have um, Jeremiah with you on that one. Now, Anth, who is your man of the match? It, it will not disagree with anything that Lex said. But for me, Milik was the man of the match. Uh, just that... He sprung that first, just that he lit that fire with when he sprung that first, uh, that goal, that three on two or three on three, but that uh, caustic finished. I just, I just think his energy was again at a high level yesterday. Smashed a great volley. Well, he missed that volley, but he smashed one home. I just, he brings something different. Okay. I, I don't think he's a world beater, but for some reason, he's found a second gear here at uh, Juventus or sixth gear. So I, for me, and it's very close. Uh, Vlaovic, I agree with, but for me, Milik was uh, was my man of the match yesterday. Yeah, I actually was uh, going to say Milik as well for me, uh, but yeah, I had a hell of a time trying to pick between him and Vlaovic. Mm-hmm. So honestly, 
Um, I'm just going to give it to both. Um, great team victory also um, has to be pointed Same out. Um, you know, this was uh, right there. Team win. Hard to pick uh, one person. That's there good you go. when you get those types of uh, matches, right, where you can't uh, really decide on who gets it. Now, one of the stories through this match is that Benucci reaches Bettega in terms of appearances for Juventus. Hits mm -hmm. sixth on the list. 462 appearances. Benucci, uh, that's a conversation in its own every time that could literally take an entire show. For yep. me, I think there will come a time for many where he goes away and it's all done. But I think, you know, it's hard for some to appreciate um, everything he's actually been a part of and given to the club just because of a very bad decision in my opinion that I was vocal about when he went to Milan. I get mm -hmm. that there was turmoil and there was issues. He had personal life problems at the time too, that he was trying to deal with at the same time of the halftime at Cardiff, where this explosion apparently took place. His kid was not doing well in terms of health at that same moment. It was a really, it was a tough, tough time for the guy. I actually, uh, you know, I've always been vocal. I think going to Milan and running away was the worst possible decision he could have made. But I said when he came back, I didn't want to hear anything about it. I just wanted to see him head down and work his ass off and just show us. Show us that, you know, you wanted to be back here. You care to be back here and try to bring it back. You're always going to have the decisions or the discussions that, hey, he was carried by Barzagli, Benucci, all this. But nonetheless, this guy was a part of one of the best defenses um, Serie A for sure has You'll ever see. seen mm -hmm. um, in the BBC. And of course, with Buffon back there. So that will always be special and have a special place for me. But Benucci is this polarizing figure. It's unbelievable. And I just want to get your thoughts on Benucci uh, in general. And I want to start this one off with Anth. Hmm. Do you think there's yeah, going to we... come a time people just kind of like, uh, you know what, we were pretty rough on the guy. Like he'd always given his all. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I don't listen to what other people say, which is beautiful. <laughs> but um, the, we, you and I, we did a uh, we did a review of the all all or nothing. I think the thing yeah. got deleted, but we went into it. You and I went into this whole because there was one of the episodes where it was all about him, and he talks in depth about him going to Milan. He understands what he did. He understands how fans feel, and he understands that he had to regain their trust. I, I'm the guy who I didn't even care when he celebrated in our stadium when he scored. I would have done the same thing. I was so, in that stadium. And the interesting right? the interesting thing about it that nobody talks about when they bring up that scenario is the fact that before a ball was even kicked, he was in his civvies walking out to the half and just took a look around at the stadium. And the roar of boos and jeers and whistles that he received was, mm -hmm. it was incredible. And he said if that, you know, probably wouldn't have happened. Two wrongs don't make a right. But, I mean, mm. if he was probably not booed so – like, I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. I was like, wow. See, I didn't know if that. that didn't happen, he probably doesn't sell you that way. But regardless is what I didn't is. know that. So I'm going to double down on the fact that I really don't care that he did that. But being able to come back, you know, and owning what he did. 
he owned it. He's like, I yeah. know I left. I know I pissed off a lot of people, but I came back and I'm trying to make it right. And I, I, I haven't forgotten the first nine school that that he won or whatever it was seven. And then he came back. So no, he, he's a legend in my books, especially when he paired up with those other guys at the back. It's, you know, good for him for reaching that achievement. Like four, like six on the list for Juventus. That's quite an achievement. Oh yeah. So, no, it also he, makes me, it's also him. crazy to think and nobody will ever probably touch Del Piero seeing the fact he's at 700 and like five or whatever. It's unbelievable. This day like and age. Be like Moretti or somebody who, like the only know. way someone will do that, like if Moretti starts now yeah. gaining caps, like that's the only yeah. way. But um, yeah, Benucci, I mean, you hit something that I was also going to bring on and you said it perfectly, Anth. Uh, the, the balls it takes to come back after doing that mm-hmm. um, is huge. And it's something that not just in the world of football, you don't see, but just to, in this day and age in general, you see so many that just aren't able to admit wrong, you know, and just say, hey, I was wrong. Yeah, I, I made a mistake. He did that and he owned it. And that in its own is uh massive and i do it like needs every to be shown show. a little more appreciation i do but, like every other show here oh uh, yeah well those predictions are pretty bad but yeah but own it. you know again own it. people can yeah. feel however they do but i just always think benucci is such an interesting topic lex your thoughts on benucci mm-hmm. yeah you guys covered it pretty well like i mean al it's pretty cool you're in the stadium for that celebration i did not know that that must have been yeah wild. it was it was a wild one <laughs> Dybala scored eight minutes in. Uh, Kadira and Quadrado were the other goal scorers. And Benucci sellied hard, made it 1-1. It was a good game. For when sure. he sellied that, though, holy. It's Today, funny, like, don't know the whole story either. Like, well, how you mentioned he got booed like that when he walked out. So, I mean, yeah. makes sense now, like, why he celebrated in that way. But I think, like, that's a pretty big milestone for him that he reached that number of caps. And... I think I agree with both of you that the fact that he came back and um, owned up to what he did and realized it was a mistake and has given his all for us ever since. So I think that I'm, I'm kind of past that part too as well. So, I mean, good for Bonucci for getting those uh, appearances. That's, that's a, that's a big number. Have you gotten over Dybala leaving yet or? No. No. That was going to take me. Just wanted wanted to check. All right. So we're done with, uh, you know, the post well we're done with just the Benucci topic because that one can go on forever but there are some in the live chat that do feel empathetic and bring up the fact that sometimes it's so easy for us to forget that these guys are humans you know and Benucci had a lot going on private in his personal life with his kid and whatnot and some say well that's not our problem to worry about and whatnot but you know what it is sometimes you got to factor stuff like that in and again the biggest thing for me is that he was able to admit the mistakes he made and uh, come mm-hmm. back. Allegri's post match. Let's talk about Allegri's post match yesterday. Do we have to? So <laughs> it's okay, actually. I didn't have anything mm-hmm. bad about what he was saying. Um, the whistling in the stands, though. So I actually agreed with what he said in terms of the whistling and the dream from the stands. We found it funny in the green room uh, when we were talking about it because we're like, so. Juventus goes through a really tough, tough period. They they go to the curva and they go greet their fans and face the jeering, face the booing. Mm-hmm. And then they win 3-0 against Bologna and they walk away and they don't go see the curva and then get booed and jeered. Uh, strange one for me because I'm like, now's the time to go and 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And there's so much weird so much weird feelings about this. And the reason is is because your stadium is a library and yesterday that was sad. It's actually sad for me to see the stadium in that matter. It was ghost town. It was ghost town. They're trying to do this DJ show or whatever, like before now and stuff. It's like, no, fix it with the diehards. Then your atmosphere will grow from there. Get it right. Don't try and do all these gimmicks and shit like that to try and make it a show, a spectacle. No, 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 no. Bring back the diehards. Let them have their banners. Let them have their flair. Let them get their drums going. Like, start there. This, what we're doing is not working. But I did find it strange the team didn't go and greet the Kurva. How do you two feel about that whole thing? Like, it was just nice. bizarre to me. And go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I I wouldn't have gone over either. Like, what are we talking about here? For me, I just like I just spent the last two games getting like spit at, sworn at. Like, what are you guys doing? You guys shouldn't be wearing the shirts, you know, blah 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 blah. And then now I win. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna put you in a timeout for a game. I know you're trying to get them back in, but as a player, I think Luke Luca put in here. Someone higher up definitely told him not to go. I bet you it was the players that that as a group said, "You want to know something." We need to do this for ourselves first. So we're not going to worry about what they say. We're going to we're going to win for ourselves first and then we'll go over there. I think it was the players who did that. Now, I haven't heard anything. That's just my opinion. But huh. as a player, I wouldn't have gone over either. All right. Not 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 for the rest of like the rest of the season, but put them on a timeout for a game. I don't mind. Lex, I agree with it. Yeah, that's an interesting discussion. I think I agree with the takes that maybe someone higher up told them not to go to the Kurva or maybe the team decided as a collective. I know that there's a situation where like some players didn't go to the Kurva last game. They were under criticism for it. So they kind of weren't all on the same page. Um, so I think that maybe they just collectively agreed as possible that they wanted to wait a couple games like Ant suggested. Um, maybe they're just they want to play for themselves right now, like um, you pointed out, and they want to prove themselves and prove that they are worthy before going back because they were mm -hmm. under a lot of heat from the Kurva, especially during that rough um, game. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, My knee would swell up, and that's a long way to go. All so. right. All right. Take it easy. So, I believe it was strange to see that after a victory, yep. given the fact they were doing it during the losses. I do understand Ant's point, and I think that maybe that's probably – it's tough to say it's for the best when your atmosphere is really, really struggling. But mm -hmm. I did agree with Max's point in his presser, which I didn't see too many people touching on, on uh, Twitter and whatnot, but I did agree with the fact that he said we need to work in silence and the enthusiasm from the fans will come because it's up to us to get it right. We need exactly. to restore that enthusiasm. And I actually thought that was worded perfectly from uh, Max Allegri. And hell, I have not said that often in mm -hmm. all the time he spent yeah, at Juve. But that was worded perfectly. It is up to them to restore that enthusiasm. Yesterday's match, great after the international break, but we need it consistently and we need to move forward in that manner so mm -hmm. i thought max uh said it very very well in terms of uh the game itself um he he was talking about he did 
what he had to do with the players available. He still spoke about the guys he's missing, certain characteristics. And he said, when some of these guys come back, maybe we'll change how we play. So it'll be interesting to see what we land on and what he chooses to do once everybody's fit and healthy. Kiesa. Kiesa is a fantastic uh, bit of news that he's trained individually and with the group uh, in the mm -hmm. session today, which is fantastic. Um, again, Ant and I got into that in the match day live. We're going to have to be patient with Kiesa. Um, it's going to take some uh, mm -hmm. serious patience. Um, we stated this way back when, when the injury first took place, the biggest thing for him is going to be mentally, mentally getting himself uh, ready and whatnot. All right. The stadium, uh, always a big thing. Michael Razzo saying uh, we should dedicate a video to the situation in the stadium. It's uh, sad to have an empty stadium. We're playing every game away. Um, it, there's a lot to tackle in that. We've spoken about it a lot through a lot of the episodes because it always seems to come up. It's, uh, yeah, maybe I'll break something down one day and uh, do it. Uh, we're getting a lot of information from uh, Maurizio from around Turin, who's very, very much connected, obviously a part of uh, the Curva Sud uh, as he watches the games from there with his friends and whatnot. But uh, he says it's not just one single issue. That's the thing. It's not just one. It's not a easy scenario to just repair as well. So it's, it's difficult. All right. Here we go. <laughs> this match yesterday, I want to now get your general overview on can fans finally get excited now or does everybody need to pump the brakes? Because, uh, you know, that's uh, it's so easy to get caught in the moment. It's like, okay, now we're, we're off and running a three goal game, a clean sheet. Can we get excited just yet? Pump the brakes. Oh, I'd like Lex to start this one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Um, yeah. I'm, oh man, I hate to be like, you know, someone who's going to bring the party down a little no, bit, but I was extremely convinced by that win. Like, yes, yes, it was. We, you know, we do complain a lot about like when we're playing lower level teams, we don't score enough goals against them. We don't take the game to them, especially when we're playing at home. We did mm -hmm. all of that yesterday, which was definitely a lot of positives there. Like I thought that we were winning the ball much higher up the pitch than we normally are. Um, I thought that we were trying to be positive in our play and we were trying to hold possession, which was also good. Uh, there's definitely good moments. I felt that I still felt that I wasn't convinced by our attack and our buildup. I thought that it was still a lot of um, funneling the ball wide and then crossing it into the box to numbers in the box. There was a little bit of vertical play, which was good, better than what we had seen before. Um, I think that scoring three goals, especially at home, huge improvement. But then on the flip side, I just felt that I wasn't sure was this Bologna side so bad that it was making our team and our system look really good yesterday. Um, I think that's a question that I was grappling with. And um, I feel that I'm, I saw some shouts for uh, a Scudetto push after that one match. And I'm just not at that level of <laughs> belief right now still in our system and our project. I think that I still need to see a lot more from this team 
um, from Allegri, from our play. I still think that we're lacking in that, but I think that it was still a positive and it was definitely a step in the right direction. It was refreshing to see um, us score multiple goals in a game. It was exciting. And so I don't want to take all of that away, but I just, I guess from um, a realistic point of view and the part of me that's like wanting to be um, realistic and understand this situation, that's where I was coming from for that. So I'm like, yeah. I'm not hundred percent convinced yet. And I'm still not convinced Allegri needs to do a lot more work for me <laughs> to get my approval still. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So you're conflicted. I am, but I'm, I'm leaning towards, Real. I'm still not convinced <laughs> sadly, but that's, yeah, that's fair. That's I mean, it, from the run we were on, it's going to take more than one game. hundred percent. It's going to take a lot more than one game. We have a very challenging match in the champions league. One that, you know, normally Juventus, would feel very confident and uh, going mm -hmm. in, but it poses a very tricky, tricky fixture uh, coming up against Maccabi midweek in Champions League. And then, of course, and you have Milan, right? The nice thing is, would you rather go into, uh, what way would you rather go into a Milan match? Obviously, off a 3-0 victory, right? Mm -hmm. uh, let's see what happens in the Champions League against Maccabi. I believe Omar is going to be at that game. So that's going to be... Uh, that's a home game, right? So, yes. Yeah, I think he's actually going to be at both, I believe. Yes. I be he's believe definitely going to be taking both of those. So, it'll be interesting uh, to get uh, some footage, obviously, from him and whatnot. But the one on Wednesday is at home. And then after Milan, they'll be away to Maccabi in Champions mm -hmm. League. So, the games are coming fast and furious in uh, oh. October. So, we've got to get some results. We've got... Uh, <laughs> he will... So George's gonna get excited in November if we get an eight out of eight October. I don't see eight out of eight hey, happening. But realistically, listen, Jorge, what do you think we could possibly see in October? I said we need six wins. The worst we can have for October is six wins and two draws. That I still think next weekend's probably gonna be a draw. I'll take a draw against Milan, but uh well, but then that's that's with Champions League games. So I think out of the just the City I games. Has to be four, four to five wins. Got to go four or five. Yeah, you got to go four out of five in the Serie A ones. The two Maccabi games have to be wins. If we have, like, yeah. otherwise it's done. It's done. You drop one of those, you're done. Um, with the start we got off to. Even a draw. So. Even a draw, right? You're. Pretty much, yeah. Like, if you take a draw yeah. in one of those two, you're well behind the eight ball. So it'll be, be interesting. Got to get it. Got to get it going. Three me, wins in Champions what... League, pretty much. We pretty much left ourselves with uh, little to no wiggle room uh, in terms of what we need out of the results. Anth, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, going back to the what we should, your original question about the Bologna match. I, I agree with Lex. Like you can't get you can't get all pumped up over it, but on its own little island, it's okay to celebrate wins. Like it's okay oh, yeah. to say, hey. We played okay. Now, I took some notes. The first half for me still wasn't exciting. Like, we didn't really create a lot of chances. There's a draw. Uh, but, Bologna, but Bologna didn't either, right? So, defensively, I thought we played well. I didn't know if we just played really well at the back or if Bologna just absolutely fucking stinks. I think it's both. But um, but I agree that in the second half, we picked it up. So, there's a lot of positives there in the second half. So, on an island, it's okay to celebrate a win and then – you put that to the side and you go to Wednesday 
you get the business done, and then you go to Saturday. So it's also been a hell of a long time since we celebrate a win. So August? make sure you take the time to celebrate. Yeah, it. just it's it's okay to be happy. It's been a month, right, Lex? Yes, it's true. It's true. It's okay. It's been a month. Celebrate the win, yesterday. everybody. Let's go. Yeah. So. I want to remind everybody, now's the time. Get those Storm the Barn questions in on the live, okay? And uh, we're just going to talk a little bit more about this Bologna match before we get into all the Storm the Barn stuff. So I kind of agree with Ant in the sense that I'm still not 100% sold and not going to go over the moon about this match is just because of the fact that I saw an absolute mess from Bologna. I think... it. I think it did them a disservice going in a 4-2-3-1 against us because pound for pound, they're not even close to quality uh, with the lineup uh, that we had in there. And they set themselves up for disaster and it played out that way because it was a lot of giveaway. They lost possession over 120 times in that match, Bologna did. And uh, that's a recipe for disaster when you're playing guys that you're surrendering quality to. And Juventus did very, very well in transitioning quickly and trying to put them under. And that's how they got a lot of their opportunities. So, again, this is why I'm just still being cautious on going to... uh, you know, enthusiastic or whatnot about this win is because I think if they played three, five, two would have been a little bit more up to us in terms of our own buildup and our own creation. Because Mm -hmm. if you take away those fast breaks, you take away those up. I expect us to be strong on fast breaks and quick transitioning, but when the game's in our own hands and we need to control and we need to figure out and break teams down, that's when things become very problematic this Juventus so I'm still still waiting and whatnot to see what we can do the big positive for me out of this one is that for a large amount of time in this game we played with the attitude and approach that we need to have for that amount of minutes in every single game and that will trump sometimes that those problems of creation whatnot because sometimes that just that sheer work rate and determination will get you by. So that was a massive, massive positive for me. Do you guys agree with kind of that breakdown or whatnot? 100%. Yeah, I agree for sure. Yeah, I thought especially in the first half, it was so evident that just matched up individually all over the pitch. We had just had so much more talent and quality. And then that was what was getting us by, like past that Bologna team. And I thought Luca's point here was good, where he said the game was still very much a match-oriented game, crosses into the box and slower play which is what I'd have to agree with too. But I think Al, I also agree with your point, especially that I thought that our work rate was really high yesterday. I thought we won every 50, 50 battle looked like, like we were all over the pitch. I thought that that was extremely positive. Um, So as we should, but it was still really good step for us. But again, to Luca's point was still, wasn't exciting as Ann pointed out as well. It was still slower, stagnant buildup in our play. I'm pretty sure you got the name right. Luca never has good points. Uh, Ever. Yeah, it's got to be somebody else. <laughs> Let's get to some Storm the Parn. All right. So, Jeremiah, going, your thoughts. Rabio was solid. He's fast becoming the engine of the team. Great runs, intensity, and intelligent transitions from midfield to attack. I will say my thought is this. He mm-hmm. was solid. 
And I've been saying for quite some time now, it didn't take yesterday's game to say it, but I've been saying, look, as far as energy and work rate goes out of the middle, he does a great job of that. And, you know, he disrupts a lot of plays. He can win the ball back. He can do all that. When you look at our roster, when you look at the pay grades, it still doesn't line up. And Rabio, should Rabio continue his tenure with Juventus? I, unlike Lou, would not have an issue with it if it was at a significant drop in salary. That's pretty much my thoughts on Rabio. He does a job. He does it well, but it's not the job I need from somebody at that pay grade. That's as quick and easy as I could sum it up for Rabio. You two, fire away on Rabio. I'm I'm working on something here, Lex, for for the show. You you, you answer that. <laughs> wow, where is Lou when you need him, man? I think we gotta we gotta pose this question to him. <laughs> no, no I, I think he's the last person you want to talk Rabio with. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I've got to agree with Al. I mean, like. When's the last time he scored? Like that's what <laughs> that's what I'm trying to keep track of here. Waiting, still waiting for him to score for me. But um, yeah, I have to agree. I think that um, it's important to acknowledge that he has been solid for us. I think he's helped our midfield out a lot. But I still think that for the role that he has on our team and the salary gets paid, and it's just it's not enough. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's the salary. That's for yeah. me right now. That's the big thing. You, yeah. If you can get that salary down, I, as a utility player, you know he's, he's there. I, I didn't think he had the greatest game yesterday. He's there. Uh, I, I didn't think McKenney had a great game yesterday either. But that was so uh, perfect, and he's there. Just he's like, there. Wait, he's around. There go. He's there. Right. Uh, but, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I'm without. I wouldn't be opposed to it if he stuck around, but. I wouldn't be against it if they sold him either. Yeah. All right. The next one. There's some good ones in here. Luca, now that we have some guys back returning, who starts for you guys? We know Juan stays on the bench. Listen, I think it's going to be difficult to figure out. Like, I'm usually not a fan of having multiple setups and changing it like with players because when the majority of your guys are going to be your core and then all of a sudden you have a couple setups that you go through but i don't see any real way around it with our roster because you can't really go with a two-man setup up top once di maria comes back in because you can't play milik vlaovic and di maria's as an outside mid in a 4-4-2 like i don't think that's the play it would have to be a 4-3-3. So then it's one of Vlaovic or Milik, you know, probably obviously Vlaovic. But Milik is one you can't deny right now. He's just on fire. Yep. So it's it's going to be an interesting, interesting scenario. And not only that, but like Di Maria is just out because of suspension right now. But I don't see a two-man up top working with Di Maria being as one of the outsides. Do you guys kind of see that same? What about like a three five two? Yeah, but then what? He's a wing back. Oh yeah, are you playing? Or, do, or you play him as like this uh, in behind uh, the two forwards, and he can have his freedom to roam side to side, yeah, which that's what I was thinking might work. 
play him as a 10 or something. But. Yeah, but I don't necessarily know if I like Di Maria, you know, in that kind of role. I kind of just like him doing his thing on the wing and doing his damage. But uh, it's an interesting scenario, and that's only one player coming back. Chiesa? Chiesa's the He's same thing. Back. That's not going to work Georgia. with the two-man up top. I think we move to a 4-3-3 when we get Chiesa back. Yeah. Four. And yeah. then we get into a whole nother issue, which is even in yesterday's game, Juvent as great as Juventus was and whatnot and performed, we had 48% possession at oh, that by it? game's end. Damn it. So when we go to 4-3-3, um, I think that possession kind of goes down, but then it comes down to quality and you're going to have to bank on your, those guys in the middle doing that job and that the press is on point. I think a 4-3-3 should line you up to press a little bit more naturally, but we weren't seeing that when we were in the 4-3-3. There's a lot of question marks. This is a very difficult question. Can't really tackle it. I think you just got to wait it out, give it time and kind of see what develops uh, almost naturally, really. It's hard to answer right this second. Animesh, question to hey, whoa, what, Ant and I are chopped liver here, Animesh, what's going on? A couple pieces of bologna, what's going on here? Well, what's happening here? Okay. What, what the, what the? No, it's because Lex, uh, you know, obviously this year she's had commitments with her team and her matches, so she hasn't been on the uh, women's as much as we'd like to, but cool. hopefully we get back cool. on track. Your thoughts on UV women's uh, Champions League group, can they make it to the next round? Yeah, I just saw the draw when I, I was on my phone this morning and I saw her group and I was like, man, like, why why do they always get such hard group? They had a hard group last season, too, in the Champions League. Um, Let's see if this works. Does it? So, is it too, oh, there we go. Perfect. Oh, thank you. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's our group there, on. group C. Um, I think that Arsenal and Lyon are both, like, top teams. But um, it's just going to be a tough group for us. Absolutely, especially Lyon. But I think that we showed last season, especially when we faced them in the quarterfinals, that we can compete with them still, right? We can compete with those top teams. So I'm interested to see what we do. I think maybe like last season, we'll pull a little bit of a shock over everyone, like when we qualified over Chelsea and, and whatnot. So I think we can do that again. Yeah, that would be my answer, Animesh. Just I think we can make it to the next round for sure. Should we sure. book it though? Should we put some Chikoria on it? Like, are we yeah. booking it? Yeah, let's book it. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Zurich, great city, chocolate overrated. There you go. That's what I say about <laughs> Zurich. All right. Getting back to the game and how Juve should approach. Should Juve play 3-4-1-2 against Maccabi? Quadrado and Kostic as your wingbacks. Di Maria operating behind Duchenne Milch, something we were just talking about. Rabiot and Paredes as your double pivot. Your thoughts. Ooh. All right. Who wants to kick this one off? So I know Lex is going to have a lot to say about this. So I'm just going to throw in my two cents. We need to stop with these all these different formations. Just pick one. Just pick one that works and stop flipping and flopping it and just get the players in the same system. Let's just get the same system over and over again and get that drilled into our heads and execute it. We just That's talked about that being very difficult, though, once certain guys come back, though. Yeah, because you can't it, necessarily go a 3-4-1-2 with Chiesa in there. He's not really going to be a guy behind your two forwards, and he's not a wing back. Like, he's not well, an he's outside. He's not coming back for Wednesday anyways. So, 
No, but the point is you're have to you're gonna have to do that once these guys get back. You're gonna have to go in and out of these different setups. I don't that's see any other way. For me. Too many setups for me. That's so what setup cents. would you do that's one that will work with all our guys? I don't know, because we haven't found one that works yet. I have to see everybody back to figure out what's gonna work. I just he keeps switching guys in and out. Now the, the midfield that McKinney Rabio Locatelli midfield, I was with you on that one. We can't see that one anymore. Whatever is not that, I'll start there. Hmm. Lex? Hmm. Lex. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting shout, I think. Um, it's essentially a 3-5-2. It's, yes. it's a 3-5-2. Mm -hmm. You just have, you know, your one attacking mid out of those three in the middle. It's it, Can Di Maria do that? Absolutely. He could free roam and whatnot. I just don't know if it's as good for a four. And the 3-5-2 in Europe... I don't know. It doesn't translate as well as it does in Syria, but. And then I guess my question with this is that, well, I guess we do have a lot of our firepower from the start is like, who do you bring off the bench after? Um, if you need, right. Like, I think that's also the interesting question when we want to play both Milik and Vlaovic with yeah. two right? Um, I think that bring that question. I think yesterday's game, like you saw the subs by the end there, was it MDS and Keane coming on at the end? It's like Lord DeShilio. Like, <laughs> that, yeah. that would be my only concern would be like, if we needed a push off the bench, like do we have anyone left to bring in and in that shape? For yeah. So you would not go with this because you'd want a little more firepower kept back or would you still go out in this manner? Um, I think it's definitely an option. I think I agree with Ant in the sense where it's like, I, if it's not that four four two, that weird hybrid four four two, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, it's just like you pointed out, three at the back in Europe. I don't know. I think four three three is where our team is going. It would be nice to like see that tried out a bit. I know that we don't have exact personnel back yet, but yeah. I think sometimes uh, a lot of this can be just, you know, overthinking and whatnot. But again, I think the biggest thing is ke keeping guys in their natural positions is probably for the best. So maybe see who you want to start, figure that out, and then maybe work your formation off of who you want on the pitch. But for me, Dushan and uh, Milik have to play against Maccabi. Whoa. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Weird. Anyways, Dushan and Milik have to start. I the, I say yes. Have you to have to. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to win. Go with those two. They're the only. They scored sixty four percent of our goals so far. Those two. Yeah, they have I saw to, that they stat this morning. Um, you know, yeah, nine between the two of them. They have mm -hmm. to. Have to. Agreed. Yeah, they're gonna we're gonna run them into the ground, but you have no options. Like you, you gotta win. It's what is it, eight games this month? Yeah. Got you gotta yeah. you gotta get after it, man. So Dells has it something probably don't want to get into here, but Europa League. Go ahead, Ant. I said this a while ago. I said, I think it was on the prediction show. I said, listen, would it be bad if we don't get out of the group stage but we get into the we get into the Europa League and get a run to build some confidence maybe get to the semifinals maybe that's what this team needs to shake the monkey off their back from all the Champions League outings is to get a good deep European run in another competition 
I 100% agree with Dells. I think I think that'd be a good idea. I think we need that to get over that round of 16 monkey getting knocked out every year. I wouldn't mind it. Hmm. Lex, less money. What do you think about less money, this? but man, that's another tough question. There's <laughs> tough questions today. Um, I think like to the exact question, do I think that um, a Europa League run would be better for our mentality and their confidence rather than an early Champions League exit? Probably mm-hmm. better because I think like we've gotten that situation in the past where we've been going out in those early knockout stages, but I still think that there's something to be said about being in that group that's in the knockout stages of the Champions League that's pushing mm-hmm. to win it. Because if you look at it, when you make the round of 16 or the quarterfinals, you're only how many games away from the final, like depending on who you match up against. I don't know. I still think that maybe it's maybe it's just like a maybe it's just an arrogance of being a Juve fan, but that I feel that that should always be what we're striving for. Um, which is the Champions League, the top prize. But I think that I think, do agree that a Europa League run would probably be good for us in terms of our confidence. Yeah, for sure. I think um, there are some benefits that would come from it if you were to go into Europa League and go on a run, especially in regards to some of the young core. That would help them. Mm-hmm. but I think it would be a bigger boost if this team could dig themselves out of this rut and qualify out of this group right now. I think it would pay mm-hmm. more dividends to that young core and the team as a whole. And then of course we don't need to get into the financials because there'd be a much bigger difference there between the two. But if the thing that would be, absolutely brutal is that if you do go into Europa League and you can't make a run in Europa League then it's like wow Mm -hmm. very very uh bad should that take part uh or take place so yeah there would be a positive if you can go in there and still make a run but I think the bigger positive would be for this group to um overcome this hurdle and obstacle right now and still qualify this group Knockout stages and Champions League, it's a crapshoot. You just never know what's going to happen. I know we're on this rut in that round and just getting by and whatnot, and this year it's looking rough and whatnot. But honestly, yeah, you want to keep that You want to keep that bar set that, hey, we got to qualify out of these groups. we got to get out of there. we got to do everything in Champions League. Starting to get into Europa League and doing that, whatnot. Again, there's some risky business involved if you can't make a run there as well. And what it's going to do to these guys in terms of mentality, frame of mind. And right now, that's the biggest thing with this team is that I see. And it's that mentality, that sense of belief almost. Yesterday, they had it. They believed in that they were going to go out there, get the job done. They played like a team that believed. We just need to see that consistently. I think that's honestly more of an issue than the tactical shit, the quality shit. It's just them believing and playing with some goddamn conviction. Um, I think if Juve gets out of this group, massive, massive boost, and that would spark a really, really big run 
for this team if we can do it. It's going to kick off this uh, midweek against Maccabi. That's a big one. Do you guys have anything to add after this? Now that we're kind of delving in here a little bit bigger, bigger boost Champions League or bigger boost for the sense of age and the project to hit Europa League on a run? Bigger got, boost is Champions League. Got, you got you to get to the goal has to be to get out of the group in Champions League. Yeah. I don't think Dells and I are saying not to make that your goal. Yeah. But we can't. I think, I think people are scared to say, Okay, we don't get the group, but we still have to support them if they're in Europa League. That that's still a positive. There's still a lot of positives they can take from going in Europa League. But I agree, Champions League is the goal. But like I saw, I saw, saw George on there. We'll, we'll get mocked if we're in Europa League. Don't listen to what other people say. I don't like we're the biggest club in Italy. Who gives a shit what other people say about our club? I don't care. You shouldn't care either. Yeah. Right. There's, they're all below uh... us. There's Don't some worry about quality what sides. You win Europa, they still celebrate it. It's it's a trophy. It's still a victory. Mm-hmm. You're still playing good teams. It's it is what it is. I think right now, and I've been saying this for a while, is there's this separation of you know what we believe, what the standard we believe should always be held at Juve. But then mm-hmm. there's also this con- like this confliction of being realistic. And where the team's at right now and this project and where we need to go from here and whatnot. Like you can't just, obviously the goal is going to be Champions League and it's going to be qualifying and going through there and getting out of the group and seeing what you can do in the knockouts league. That's always going to be the goal. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't play out, you can't just, you let it crush you. And let it just destroy you. And like, you have to just take a look at this team. We know there's a lot of work to be done. We have significantly gone down in terms of leadership on the team. We had a team filled with leaders, guys that would lead on the pitch, guys that would lead in the locker room, guys. Like, you look at those rosters from 2013, 14 and on, as these guys started to go away, we didn't replace them properly. We didn't have contingency plans. And it's kind of caught up. But of course the goal should always be Champions League and qualifying out of there and whatnot. I will remind everybody, Syria is going to be a battle till the end. Mm-hmm. And even making it in the top four is not a guarantee right now based on how we're we'll playing and you're gonna say yeah it's guaranteed we're gonna get in there but we'll be there i'm telling you this three nil win against bologna doesn't just erase everything that i've witnessed for you know over a month in my mind mm-hmm. and there's a lot of work to be done with this team guys are getting healthy though that's huge pogba started running again um that's big boost we'll see what we can do chiesa all eyes on chiesa Let's see what can happen. Let's start from there before we get into Europa and Champions League. Let's play this game on Wednesday. Let's get the goddamn victory. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit differently. Europa, let's wait till the dust settles and we'll tackle that one, okay? Agreed. Rasso, I'll just do a watch along with the fans like in a room and have a... <laughs> what? What are you talking about? We do watch alongs, but it's hard when you do it with... Yeah. Nobody, everybody's lagging. Everybody's lagging, not on the same time. Somebody celebrates. I get upset. I throw stuff. It's yeah, yeah. 
But if anyone has watch seen long, videos, if I, if you can go back, I, I suggest everyone go back and watch the end of the Salernitana game. Watch oh. long with this donkey right here. It's pretty funny. Was that was Monza. a lot of emotions? Uh, the, was it the that, Mon- that was the Monza loss? Yeah. I started off, I had the hat, the jersey, and then by the end of the game, I had the hat on. My hair was a mess. And I was no, it wasn't it because like of the, the Millet the goal. Was, you scored, and it was called back. I think it was a – Oh, that was Salernitat. Yeah, Salernitat. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and look that up, everybody. Uh, brutal, brutal. Primetime TV right there. <laughs> yeah. The hair the hair gets wild on the watch alongs. You're does. right. You're right, Luca. Yep. Yeah, so there's a lot to look at and consider. That Europa thing is – a very big divide just looking at this live chat um you know but hey there would be there would be some positive but nobody wants to think about it and let's not think about it just yet let's think about getting out of this group starts with Maccabi oh. this week we're going to be live for that watch uh match day live okay champions league ones suck work week can't make a watch along happen, unfortunately. Okay, but I'll try for Milan. Milan should be a watch along, so everybody keep that in mind. I want to remind everybody again, you're listening to this on your audio outlets, get over to YouTube, subscribe. Everybody in here right now, like the video if you haven't already, please. It all helps the channel. Lex, Ant, you guys are amazing. Awesome show. And I know before we go, I Mike's Michael has said here. So we do do uh, ah. like in the Toronto area. We're working on, I believe, for the intermatch. We're working on having a get together with you and Tina. Even there was Inter fans there last year when we did it, which is okay because it was at Caf- is it Cafe Juventus? Club so it's Juventus? Cafe Juventus in Toronto. Yep. Yeah, and we had so, one uh, yesterday, uh, last year, and it was uh, Anthony Lucci that did a great job hosting there. Uh, they put uh, our channel up on the big screen too, and they interact live from there. So it's really, really good stuff. Anybody in the uh, Greater Toronto region, make sure you stay tuned because uh, yeah, if we make that happen, they did a great job too. I mean, we had a ton of uh, shirts and stickers and stuff given yep. away, and just it was good, good atmosphere. Got a lot of positive feedback that from everybody that was there reaching out to me. And I just passed that on to uh, Anthony and Lucci. Um, they did an amazing job. And massive uh, credit goes out to uh, Cafe Juventus uh, for taking it on and allowing us to do that from there. Uh, stand-up job, great place. So stay tuned, all right? Um, everybody that's close to me on the western side of Canada, stay tuned. Because I'm working on something for potentially starting up a fan club that's official. That's going to be official out of this area and this region. Okay. Stay tuned. And stay tuned because old man Berto here has maybe, just maybe, solidified an ex-player from 1994 to 98 seven that played for Juventus coming on this show. All right. I don't even know who he's talking about. Do you? I have no idea. So the first I heard of it, stay tuned everybody. Cause that would be amazing because those were some fantastic teams. He was part of Mm -hmm. the team that was runner up in the 97 champions league final, unfortunately, Uh, but he did win some trophies with uh, Juve and he played with, uh, you know, Sedan, Del Piero at the time, uh, some great, great players. It'd be amazing 
to talk to him and talk about Juve in those days and when he transferred over and uh, played those seasons with us. So everybody stay tuned. I'm always working. I'm always grinding. I'm always trying to get uh, some good, good guests here. And uh, I hope this one pans out uh, not just for us, but for all of you, because it would be awesome to talk to somebody from those uh, days at Juve. Everybody hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to be back uh, again Wednesday for Maccabi Lex and thank you as always. Ciao tutti, as always, until the next show. Fino alla fine. Forza Juve. Enjoy this victory. And let's start to look ahead to uh, Maccabi starting tomorrow. For today, we enjoy and we kick off uh, the week celebrating that win. Ciao.